Hey, welcome into episode number two of Suitcase on the Left. My name's Nick, and Brian's here again this week. Yes, I am. I don't like that intro. I'm doing it again. I love that intro. <laughs> no, I don't like. Why so would I, awesome. Why would I say you're here again this week? What should <laughs> I, I say? Know. I don't know what you should say. <laughs> joining it, joining me again this week. <laughs> <laughs> on on my podcast. Yeah, whatever. It's just a podcast. We I happen know. to be doing it. You know, when when it becomes big and famous, we'll sell it to somebody else, and then it'll be their podcast. Right, right. Well, hopefully somebody will pay us. Oh yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll make money that way from it. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna pay us. I yeah. can tell you right now, they're gonna pay. <laughs> well, me because clearly, clearly it's yours. It's yeah. my podcast. I I can't even tell how many people are listening to it because only you have that power. That's right. And this being the second episode and all, I mean, it's a lot. The numbers must be just going through the roof. Yeah, it's it's hard to keep count actually of how many yeah, people are right. listening so to this thing. How many, how many people listen to uh, Week One podcast? Uh, week One, I checked it the other day. It said fifty-one plays. Wow, which is pretty actually good. pretty good. Although thirty of them were probably me. Um, <laughs> no, there's no way you listen to this thing thirty times. <laughs> no, I listened to it twice. And I'm like, okay, actually one and a half times. I don't yeah. even think I could get through it the second time. Yeah, I spot checked a little bit, and I was like, ooh. Probably, yeah. probably should try something different. <laughs> well, at least some of those, not not quite ten percent of those um, numbers are coming from my uh, family in Las Vegas. They're, well, that's good. They're staunch listeners and supporters of this podcast. Well, thank you to everybody listening, and tell your friends, even though it's probably bad. But the first pod or the first episode, we were talking about giant straws. Yes, and we actually ordered giant straws. On the podcast. Uh, on the show, yeah. Yeah, and they came in, and I, I have actually yet to use mine. My son used one to drink yogurt because he's two, and that's what two-year-olds do. Mm. Um, but you finally used one the right way. I, I did. I did. I I had them with me because you never know right. when you might need a giant straw. So um, I happened to be in a place where I saw a Sonic drive through Mm-hmm. And I immediately put the two things together, and I said, I need to be there with my giant straw. And the, here's the funny part. I, I went through the drive-thru. I ordered my uh, chocolate shake. And when I got up to the place where you pay, um, she handed me the shake and a straw, and she saw the bag of straws that I had, <laughs> the giant straws. And she said, oh, I see you have your own straws. Which is perfect because that—that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to happen. I wanted her to notice that I came prepared. Because we were joking, picture. yeah, we were joking during the week that I, I was saying I was going to go to a drive-through, and when they tried to give me a straw, I'd be like, no, 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 I've got my own, and pull out these giant straw. Yeah, but she did that for you. Yes, and it was it was it was quite a success. I'd say that was the payoff <laughs> for the whole thing. The the drinking of the shake with the straw was good. Her noticing it and and saying something about it was better. Right, the acknowledgement that yes, <laughs> that you brought your own straws to yes. Sonic. All right, it, so it's it just validates this this whole topic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I have two questions for you. Okay, uh, number because to my knowledge, this is your first Sonic milkshake, right? Uh, that, I think that's a that's an accurate statement. I think I've been to Sonic before, but I don't think I've ever had one of their milkshakes. And I've been singing their praises. The Sonic Milkshake praise 
for quite a while now because they built one fairly close to my house. I actually so, think you you wrote that song that you've been singing, the the Sonic Milkshake Praise song. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's coming out next week. Mm. You can find it on iTunes. Um, well, maybe you'll sing a couple of bars for us later on in the show. No, I don't sing for free. Eh? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no. So, so two questions then. One, mm-hmm. how was the Sonic Milkshake compared to, say, a Steak and Shake or another milkshake place? And two, was I right about the giant straws? Hmm. Those are both very valid questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one is uh, the milkshake was very good. I did make the mistake of neglecting to ask them not to put all that bullshit on the top of it. So <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the bullshit on top. Yeah, I got that. But that's okay. I, like I said, it's not a deal breaker for me. Um, the, the milkshake was very good. You know, the flavor was very good. It, it, um, I mean, really, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it's like the best milkshake I've ever had. It didn't have any, it wasn't like a flavored, like a blizzard, like a cookies and cream or a, any of that stuff. It was just a chocolate shake. So, but it was good. Here's the thing though. Um, I ordered a large, which is typically what I do. Like if I go to Wendy's and I order a frosty, I'll say, give me a large because I know that their large is about the size of a small soda. Right. They use different cups. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not very big. So anyway, I ordered a large, but I got to tell you something that was a large ass milkshake that i mean it was it was almost too much yeah i usually order a medium because and 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 i'm usually i'm on the border of feeling sick after i finish it yeah so i can only imagine the large is a pretty uh pretty good size yeah all right so note to self don't do that again but the milkshake was good i was right about the milkshakes at least they're they're, it's worth the trip if you're going to be passing by you might as well get a milkshake yes i would say if if you're if you've got like a mcdonald's and a burger king and a wendy's and a whatever else and you're you're searching for a shake but you see a sonic mm-hmm. i would i would make a left turn you know across treacherous highway traffic <laughs> to get to the sonic it's it's worth the extra effort awesome so i'm one for um so far i'm one for one now okay. the, now the straw is it is it the game changer i don't know if i said game changer or life changer but either way it changes the world when it comes to milkshakes. Was I right about that? It definitely is it's a marked improvement <laughs> on, <laughs> on shake consumption. Yeah. Um, if, if I had to be, well, here's the thing. I didn't, what I did not do is I did not take the little straw that they give you and, and do a comparison. Oh, like here's me trying to, cause they don't give you a spoon or anything like that at Sonic. You just get the straw, right? That is the one and only method that you have, the only option you have for consuming that, other than just taking the whole thing and tipping it up and risking, you know, whipped right. cream and all that stuff just going all over your face. Yeah. So in hindsight, I probably should have taken that little straw and done a test, but I could pretty much tell you it would have been nearly impossible uh, to to drink that shake through the straw that they give you because with the big straw, you can – you you can put it right into the thickest, most frozen, non-melted part of that shake, and you can get, you know, you can you can eat it that way, without too much trouble. I mean, it. it I did notice if I had to be critical, that if you if you try if you're sucking too hard on that straw, the straw itself 
will tend to like collapse. Mm. Like it's not strong enough to withstand the amount of suction that you can generate on a straw that size when, when you've got, you know, a really thick milkshake fighting you. Right. But well, if you, you can control that, um, pretty quickly and achieve successful results. So I would say, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a game changer. That's awesome. I, I've still yet to use mine, although I've had milkshakes using big straws. I've yet to use one of mine. I'm, my plan is to go tonight, but that's also been my plan since they arrived on Tuesday to go get milkshakes, and I haven't. So, um, yeah, that's awesome. I'm really, uh, really pleased to hear that you liked the milkshake and the big straw. So do you feel like it was worth the uh, worth the money to get the big straws? Yeah, the eleven dollars and sixty four cents or whatever it was. Next yeah, time, yeah, I think that was a good investment. Next time, we need to order like four thousand of them. Four thousand. It'll cost each of us like two hundred bucks, but we can do it. Well, let's see how long it takes us to go through the one hundred. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm going to use one of mine today. I hope yeah. I should have got one for this. So I should be drinking a milkshake during the podcast. Yes, I agree. Live. I'm sure live on the show. I'm sure people would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially so what when you get down to the bottom, you have all that slurpy oh, stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Now we don't have to wait. Yeah. <laughs> so what else is going on, Brian? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, um, I downloaded a new game today on my iPad. Do tell. I got, yeah, I got, because I've been just getting bored with the same old stuff, and I really didn't have anything going on today, so that was like my only... Uh, my only escape from the board boredom and, you know, mm-hmm. so, so I downloaded, um, Lego star Wars, the force awakens. Mm. Now I don't know how much of a star Wars fan you are or how much of a Lego fan you are or how much of a Lego star Wars game fan you are, but I, I got to tell you something. I, you know, and I've played a number of these Lego video games like Indiana Jones and the Harry Potter series and Batman and and others. And there's something about the game style, the way they, you know, the way these games are scripted and and whatever, that just makes it very difficult for me uh, to to follow along with what the hell's going on. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I've only played... um one or two Lego star Wars games or Lego games. And it, the ones I've played have just kind of been chaotic in a way. Like you just hit the same button or two over and over again and, and run. So I don't know if this game is that, is that way or not. Yeah. It's basically, you know, you're, you're in an area and there's a bunch of stuff that you can punch or shoot or whatever. And it explodes and gives you Mm -hmm. all these little studs and, Basically, I'm on a stud collecting mission, and then you stumble across some uh, uh, little goals that you're supposed to achieve, where you have to build little things out of these Lego bricks, and and then climb up to a certain thing to get whatever, and then you eventually you get to a place where it's like, oh, you're done, you're in the next area. Hmm. But there's there's like levels and sub levels and chapters and here and there. And I, I never really know where I am in the game. Cause I'll get to a menu um, and it'll say, okay, where do you want to go? Like if I start the game over, if I turn it off and come back, it's like, 
you know, what do you want to do? Well, I don't even know where I was. Right. You know, I don't need, I don't know what chapter I was in or what, you know, little branch I was on or anything. So I'm just like, ah, just click something. I don't know. It's all, it seems like the flow of that game could be better. And I don't know why it's not after so much time. So is it the gameplay that you don't like, or is it just the feeling of not knowing what, where you are in the progression? Yeah, I think it's the progression. That's see, I've got a game that I've been playing a lot lately on my phone. Uh, it's kind of like excite bike, except for you're in trucks and, uh, like buggies and stuff. And it's a lot of fun, but I have no idea how long the levels are. Like, it's just, there's different, like, worlds, I guess, kind of, you would say, or different settings. And then I've made it as far as, like, 10 or, like, 13,000 meters, which is on level, like, 11 or 12. But I don't know when, like, that particular level actually stops. So so I understand what you're saying, because you get to a certain, I get to a certain point, and I just don't know when it, where to go. Like, I'm like... I keep moving forward and then I crash and I start at the beginning, but I don't know what the goal is. Is it 20,000 meters? Is it 30,000? Is it a hundred thousand? Does it ever stop? Yeah. Right. Does it end? Is there, is there an end point? Right. So I'm, I understand that feeling cause that's kind of what I'm going through with this game. It's a lot of fun, but it's just frustrating cause I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Well, I just don't understand. I mean, in this day and age, you know, with the technology and the experience and the number of, these things, why it couldn't be more clear, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it can be clear. I just don't know why it isn't. Yeah. I've also wondered about games as well. Like if I go buy a game, say I pay 60 bucks to buy an Xbox game mm. and I want to skip all the way through to the last level. Why am I not allowed to just skip to the last level? Oh, it's your game, man. I, you I, should be able to do whatever you want. Yes. I just paid for the damn thing. I overpaid for it, and I still can't even skip. And if I use cheat codes, I can't save it. On a lot of games, that's what they have. So it's a bunch of bull crap. Oh, I am right there with you. You paid for that game. Yep. I mean, you own it. Mm-hmm. It's your game. Right. Um, yeah, you should be able to go to any part of that game you want at any time. Yeah. I'm with you. you. And then some of these games, you have to, like racing games, to unlock extra vehicles. You have to... to beat certain things and you know play for like hours to unlock a new vehicle how about i just click unlock all vehicles because i just paid you for the freaking game that's a really good point it's my game right there yeah yeah wow it should be i like that i think we we need to start some kind of a revolution i'm in let's change the podcast (laughs) is there well why don't we just do another one yeah we'll start a new one yeah there you go we'll do more than we'll do we'll do a podcast for everything we feel like we need to (laughs) <laughs> here's a uh here's a phenomenon that i've uh come across a couple of times and can't figure out all right why is it that you know if if you've got an xbox or a ps3 or you know one of those big fancy gaming consoles and a new game comes out you know you'll you'll go out and you'll spend 60 dollars for that game mm-hmm. you know because that's what you do that's what you have to do if you you know, if you want that game, you go out and you you buy it and you play it and you're okay with that. You understand that that's, that's how it works. But when you start getting into the, you know, the world of mobile phones, you know, iPads and whatever, and you, you basically have a different situation. You know, you have, you know, some games are free or they're free to play with, 
uh, in-app purchases sometimes, or sometimes you can you can buy the game outright. Right. But in really, in in almost all those scenarios, except you know a few, you're talking about you know five dollars for a game or ten dollars for a game to buy it. Right. Um, why is it that when we're we're faced with that? We'll look at that four ninety nine price and we'll go, ooh, ah, I, I don't know, man, four ninety nine. Uh, this better be a good game, or you know, if it's eleven ninety nine, we're like, oh wow, that's that's an expensive game. I, I don't really know if I want to do that. I'll do you one better. If it's not, if it's if it's more than ninety nine cents, I won't even consider it. Yeah, if it's okay. ninety nine cents, I have to think about it. <laughs> Yeah, so why is that? I don't know. I, I think maybe because there's only so much you can do on, on a phone with a game. And and I, f- I feel like, to me, if I'm going to spend my money on an Xbox game, it's going to be like hours and hours and weeks and months and maybe even years, depending on the game, of entertainment. But on a phone, I, just, I know there's limitations that it's basically, it will never be better than Mario. You know, because on a phone, you can only use the screen for the controller. So it's only going to be maybe two buttons in a directional thing, or, or it's going to be a more simple game. But I, but you're right. I mean, if I could pay a dollar to not see any ads, you would think I would do that since I hate commercials. But I don't. I, I, will, I will deliberately skip paid, ab, or paid apps. It's, it's a weird cultural thing. And, you know, there's a new wrinkle coming into it now because I'm kind of in the Apple ecosystem, but I'm sure there's something uh, very similar going on in the, you know, in the Google Android world. But, you know, the the new Apple TV um, has its own app store and you can download games for the Apple TV Mm -hmm. uh, and you can also uh, use a, a handheld controller, which you can get. Uh, to to play those games. Now the you know the hardware around the Apple TV plus the controller is going to allow for much more of a console like experience. There's going to be there's more memory. There's more computing power behind it. You know, the developers have a lot bigger scope that they can use to create a game for the Apple TV, but. You know, right now the the structure that you know the, uh, the Apple the what do they call iTunes Store or the App Store structure is basically the same, uh, whether you're buying it for the Apple TV or for your iPad or your iPhone, because most of those games are compatible with all three. Well, and you can get those same remotes for your phone. I mean, yeah, they're, 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 they're Bluetooth. I've seen them. Uh, they're not they're not all that cheap. Um, but you can definitely get them for your phone or iPad or computer even if you have a, a Bluetooth computer. Yeah, it seems it seems a little silly to have a... I mean, the controller is actually bigger than your phone. Right. A lot you know, of them have a thing that it'll hold your phone on the remote so you can you can have to set, like, prop it up against something. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. But yeah. anyway, so, yeah, so we're, we're, we're coming up to a point in time where, you know, you're going to have very similar choices, I think. Between the big gaming consoles, you know, that you spend hundreds of dollars on and the games which you spend $60 on, you're going to be able to get pretty close to that experience, um, you know, using the 
the app store and a game that, you know, may cost $10, you know, in, in that situation, would you, you know, would you spend the $10 on the game versus the $60 to get the same game for your Xbox? I think, well, another, another difference I've been thinking about it. And another difference is I can play multiplayer on my Xbox and wear a headset and talk to people. And I don't know if that's possible yet on mobile devices. Yeah, I don't think it is. So I think when they figure that aspect out, I think that will be a huge game changer, no pun intended, for the gaming industry. And also I think when you can uh, stream your phone on the TV and, and stream the game and maybe use your phone as the remote, I think that will also be a big deal in the world of gaming. Yeah, I think that I think we're probably there. Um, I'm not sure about using your phone as a remote when you're streaming the game from your phone, um, but you can definitely uh, mirror your phone on your TV. So, yeah. I guess you'd still use the phone as a controller, but you'd still be playing the game on the. You'd be looking at the phone in order to control, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it depends on the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I depends think... Depends on how the controls are, you know, worked out. Well, and I think the point of, of where you're going is that the, the gap is closing, uh, and at some point it will be worth the dollar or two or five or ten, or, you know, maybe... I know, I know Xbox is rolling out a thing where if you buy a, a game on Xbox, you automatically get the PC version for free, and you can play on your PC or your Xbox and it'll it'll save your progress across either one. So say you're you're on your laptop and you've got time to kill and you're sitting at an airport, you can play your game and then you get back home and you're on your Xbox and you can pick it up where you left off on the computer. Um, you know, so it's only a matter of time before that gets pushed over to a mobile device as well, which will be pretty mm -hmm. cool. I haven't I hardly ever play games anymore though. I don't have time. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I I have time, but sometimes I just get tired. Of, yeah, you know, playing games. It's not like it used to be when I was when I was younger. And I'm not even talking about a little kid because they didn't even have video game. The only video games that were around when I was little probably started maybe when I was ten or so, mm. and they were you know pretty cheesy uh, home video game systems. Like I remember Pong. You know, that was like the world's first video game. Hmm. Um, I remember yeah. playing that as a kid. I used, to, I used to love playing that game. Yeah, me and my friend used to go into the department store because they, they had a Pong game set up on display. And we would just sit in the store all afternoon playing that game. Oh, I bet they loved it. <laughs> Nobody else got to play it because once we were on it, we didn't leave. I used to, I remember being a younger kid and, and even probably into my low twenties going into like Best Buy and, and playing, uh, the display games. Cause you know, now they've got like an Xbox one and a PlayStation four and all this stuff set up. You can play. And I remember like there, there'd be like a line of us waiting to play and like, you know, we'd play for like 10 minutes and then get back in the line and, and go back through. And now you will not catch me dead playing one of those. You know why? Because they're the people that are there playing them. Cause uh, yeah, I, I could, you know how dirty the remotes are. Oh. All the freaking germs. 
Yeah. I'm a bit of a germaphobe. And uh, oh, my but gosh. There's no, there's no controlling that in a public place like that. No. And people cough on their hands and, yeah. and people have the flu and Zika and who the hell knows what else. Zika, MRSA. You know, they're, they're coughing right on the remote. I know. Yeah, right on it. I know. So you're not catching me doing that. I've grown up. <laughs> I don't well, welcome to adulthood. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I used to do at stores that I don't anymore for that same reason, like try out headphones. You ever, mm. you ever done that at a store? Put on a pair of headphones that are on display and push the button for it to make noise? I don't think so, but I definitely see where you're going with that. Yeah, like when I was younger, I never considered that, you know, that could be gross. And now people could have ear infections or just not shower regularly and ugh. well not only that but people put like you know product in their hair and that gets all over and it's even even if there weren't germs it would still be pretty unpleasant yeah it's gross definitely definitely gross and, and in the 3d glasses you ever do that in a store no no i've never even tried on 3d glasses man i, I we- see I'll see people at Best Buy put on 3D glasses and and watch the display TVs. And I'm thinking, like, if one person has pink eye (laughs) and puts that on too close Uh, and it bumps into their eye, it's over. Yeah, that's disturbing. Mm -hmm. How about that? Next time you go to the store, you're not going to be trying on uh, any headphones or glasses now, I bet. No, thanks to you, I'll be thinking about pink eye. (laughs) Uh, Not good. No. Yeah, I had pink eye one time, and it was not not pleasant. I've knock on wood, never had it. I hope I never get it. But if it's, I ever, if I ever hear somebody say they've got it or they think they're getting it, I stay away from them. Completely. Oh, it, it's highly contagious. I know, and I want nothing to do with it. And really, the worst part of that experience for me was I went to the doctor to get some you know drops or something to to clear it up, and he you know he looked in my eye and he shined lights and he did this and that and whatever. And and it wasn't, wasn't a terrible experience up to that point, but he said, well, is there, you know, is there anything else that you want to tell me about, you know, how, what happened or, or, or about this at all? And I'm like, well, no, not really. Just that, you know, when I, when I first noticed there was something wasn't right, uh, my eye just felt scratchy, like, like I thought there was something in my eye, like, you know, a piece of sand or, or dust or something. Cause it just felt scratchy. My eyes that, starting to feel scratchy now, by the way, that was a big mistake <clears throat> because then he's like, Oh, well let's, let's take another look. So he like, you know, forces my eye open and then he starts like scrubbing my eyeball with something. And that, that whole part of it was extremely unpleasant. I'm like, what have I done? What, why did I? Why didn't I just keep my full mouth shut, get my eye drops, and get the hell out of there? Because that that part was like torture. I never should have said anything. No. Now my eye feels like I've got sand in it. Oh, good lord! I think I have pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for laughing, but that's just ridiculous. Yeah, you can't you can't get pink eye from a podcast. Uh, well, I mean, it just depends, I guess. I guess. <laughs> it depends on what kind of podcast. Right. It is. I don't want to say it's impossible to do. Yeah, but this is not that kind of podcast. No, 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 no. Obviously not. I just want to say to, to the 
listener or two out there, don't worry. You you won't get pink eye from this. No. I hung a ceiling fan. Wow. Yeah, how about that for a segue? Is that your first one? Yes. Usually, I'm 31, and normally my mom will come over and do it. <laughs> but growing... Are you kidding me? Your mom hangs your ceiling fans for you? Yeah. Come on. It, all growing up, my mom's always done it. I mean, I've always helped, but I, I never... I never... I didn't know how to do it. And I'm not sh- quite... I'm honestly not quite sure she knows how to do it, but she's always done it. Um, well, three cheers for your mom. Yeah. So I hung a ceiling fan in my office. I'm actually looking up at it right now. Um, it's on. Can you hear it? No, I can't hear it over the air conditioner in my house. Ah. Uh, well, well, let me ask you this. Does it have um, a light fixture with yes. it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Aha. So you've got a fan and a light. Yep. And the only way to control it is with a remote. So I had to wire the remote receiver into the fan. Really? Yeah. So there's no like pull chains on the fan? Nope, not at all. It's not a single That's one. Pretty modern, pretty modern fan. All my fans have, you know, little chains hanging down off of them. Mm-hmm. Or they're controlled with switches on the wall, which you could also do. Right. Well, mm-hmm. this one, as far as I know, the only the switch for this fan is actually in a different room, which is a whole other story. Um, mm-hmm. But it's only for the red wire. And the way you wire this uh, remote receiver to it, you don't use the red wire. It's just the white and the black that go onto the white and the black on the remote. And then from the remote, it's got a white, black, blue, and green, or from the receiver. So <clears throat> it doesn't actually use the, the, the light switch at all to control the fan. It's just always hot, but the only way to turn it off is through the, the hmm. light and the fan is through the remote. So the remote lives up in inside the fan or inside the electrical box? Well, there's a receiver, like a yellow box. That's what that, I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's up up on, against in between the ceiling and the little cone that covers the down rod. And mm. then I've got the remote in my hand currently. And I can turn on and off the light and turn on and off the speed of the fan. I'm very proud of myself for hooking this thing up. I've never That's pretty cool. I've never done it before and, and getting that freaking receiver in there. The instructions don't tell you what to, where to put the receiver. It just says put the receiver in the I don't know what you under the cone, but it goes in one very specific place that those shitty instructions didn't tell me. And that was probably the most frustrating part. It took me like 20 minutes to figure out where the hell to put the damn thing. And that is above the down rod in between the bracket and the in the down rod. Yeah, they probably didn't know how to translate the location from Chinese to English. Well, there were so, pictures. They could have put a picture. Hmm. I mean, there's pictures for everything else, but I figured it out. I'm a pretty much a genius. And oh, an, wow. Well, yeah, and sure. A, and an electrician at this point. I was just going to say all that. Yeah. Now, so, if only I could, if only I could did, fix all the other broken things in my house. <laughs> well, you are a genius and an electrician. Right, right. Uh, did the, so I'm guessing it sounds like this, Remote deal came with the fan. It was not a third-party thing. Correct. It was not a third-party thing. That's Uh, cool. But unfortunately, as I put a fan up in my office, which is currently keeping me cool, because normally it's a gazillion degrees in here with all the computer and my equipment and stuff. It's always hot in here. Uh, The fan in my living room stopped working randomly today. Wow. Yeah. The worst part about it, 
the ceiling in my living room is like 25 feet high. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty high. The ceiling in uh, my living room is probably about 12 feet. Yeah. The one in the office here is probably about 12 feet. The one in the, in the, the fan in the living room, I don't know how long it is for sure, but I'm going to say the downspout is at least six feet or the down rod. So it, it's yeah. way up there and I can't touch the fan. If I put my regular eight foot ladder underneath it and I go up to the third to highest rung, I can barely touch the light. It's way up there. Yeah. So you would have to get, well, here's a couple things. Let's start here. You're probably going to have to replace the fan because most ceiling fans are not engineered and manufactured at a level where, oh, well, let's just get this repaired. You know, right. Let's, let's take it to the fan repair place. No, you throw those things away and you just get another one. But you could probably, if you could just get a little higher, you may not have to get all the way to the ceiling. You'd leave all that stuff where it is, the down rod, the electrical box, all the wiring that's done up there. And hopefully, if you're lucky, you can just make your disconnections at the fan end and remove the fan from the end of the down rod and, and not have to pull the whole thing apart. So you may or may not be able to do that. Some fans, those wires are just like hardwired. They just come out of the fan and they go all the way up the down rod. And there's nothing you can do except go to the electrical box to make the disconnection. So here's another wrinkle to that is the fan is controlled by remote as well, but Mm. I don't have the remote because it was there when we moved into the house. So I, I have no way of controlling the fan. It would just fortunately was always on when you flip the switch, but the light is never been able to go on because I don't have a remote for it. And the speed of the fan has always just been set on whatever it was set on. So even if I were to replace the fan, I don't know what the remote receiver that's in the ceiling is set to. So I, I don't know how to, I wouldn't be able to get a remote to it. Yeah, you're screwed. I know. I'm and it's like a five and a half, or probably it's either five or six foot wingspan on the fan. Like it's a huge fan. I'm really bummed. Uh, is your house under warranty? No. No. no of course not. No. So I think I'm going to have to. I put the all call out on Facebook today for somebody with a 20 foot ladder to come over and bring their ladder. A 20 foot step ladder? Well, uh, they make like. Folded folding ladders, right? They're like 20 feet tall. They're huge. Because it's also like I can't lean it up against the wall because of the, the fan's too no far wall. away. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Somehow it got up there, so someone's got to be able to get up to get that stupid fan down. Yeah, you, you know, you almost need, like, scaffolding. Oh, don't say that. I'm saying so that you can have a place that you can actually stand and work. You know, because you're going to have to have you know, your tools, you're going to have to have the new fan up there at that height. You need like a, like a platform that you can stand on and and work from. Are you afraid of heights? I'm not really afraid of heights, but I don't, I don't particularly like them. You don't get like dizzy or unstable. Uh, If I look straight up, like I'm on the, if I'm on the ladder and I look straight up, it makes me a little dizzy. Um, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to be that high off the ground. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
Yeah, I I'm almost thinking you need to bring somebody in. Yeah, I'm gonna try. You know what I should do to make myself feel better? Have a milkshake. Have a milkshake, and there I can get a 78 inch Samsung curved 4K TV for forty two hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It sounds like a nice TV, but that's pretty expensive. What was it? You and were, were me and you talking about uh, TVs that like and saying like there's probably no TVs that are like five or six grand anymore. Yeah, I was telling you that um, the the TV, the first HD TV I bought um, cost me like three grand, mm. and that was you know a middle of the road kind of price. It wasn't the top. It wasn't the cheapest, but for the size of the TV, it was a pretty, pretty good price. What size it was, was it? It was uh, 50 inches. Jeez. You weren't playing games in the early days of HD. You went straight no, I Well, I had one of those, one of those big, giant uh, rear screen projection monsters. And so I already kind of was used to, I think that was a 40-inch uh, TV. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't want something that was going to feel smaller than that. You know what I mean? Right. You had to get, I mean, it wasn't going to be a square anymore. Right. So you had to get something that was as tall, which was means it's going to be way wider. Yeah. Well, th- there's no way. If I got one that was as tall as that, it would be wider than the room that it was going to go in. It, it had to be at least as, at least as wide. Even the TV I have right now, which I think is another 50-inch TV, it's probably about as wide as that uh, as that old projection TV was. Maybe a little bit wider, but it's not nearly as tall. Mm. It's like a... I think we, we talked about this on the first podcast as well. I know we talked TVs a little bit. We talked about you going to Walmart and them telling you that you're, there's no way you're going to get an $800 TV for $200. Yeah, so that's uh, that's still going on. Um, what do you mean? I, I keep checking because there's uh, there's way more TVs now on the list of crazy deals. Way more TVs. The problem is they're hard to find, and Walmart is now smart to what's happening. So they're not uh, they're not price matching anymore. They're just saying it's a glitch. Like for instance, <clears throat> a glitch. A, a Samsung sixty five inch TV, two hundred and fifty dollars. There's two different models of Samsungs for that price. There's a Vizio, uh, that's there's a Sam another sixty for two hundred dollars, another Samsung fifty five for two hundred bucks. Um, so there's all kinds of crazy deals. The problem is just that Walmart is now getting smart to it, and I tried to price match on Amazon, and they told me no as well, which kind of surprised me honestly. So they're saying it's a glitch. I'm not sure I understand. They're saying that those deals aren't real. Yeah, Walmart is now starting to say that's a glitch, and they like are refusing to ring people up. Now wait a minute. It's I'm pretty sure that there's some law that protects consumers that says if a price is advertised, they are obligated to sell the product at that price but they're not they're not necessarily advertising it like there's no flyers out saying here's the tv at this price it's like some stores are ringing up at this price so now people are 
trying to be at price matching and they're and they're doing all sorts of stuff. But like if the, you're right, I think you're right. If, the, if there was a flyer that was put out, they would have to agree to that. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's coming down to a nuance of you know what constitutes a price being advertised. You're saying that there's a website out there that's showing a price for a specific television at Walmart for $200. Um, that I mean, I would talk to a lawyer because that could constitute advertising. Well, and it says on Walmart.com, I found it, where it says that the Samsung 55-inch is 200 bucks, And uh, that's what I sent. I sent Walmart.com's link to Amazon, and I said I would like to get this TV price matched. Uh, and it shows in stock, and Amazon kicked it back saying, no, it's a glitch. Which is kind of surprising. A, what if it's a hack? I, I I don't know. What? Hey, what's a zip code? Do you know a zip code for... Uh, where your family in Vegas lives? Um, yeah. Do you want me to give that out? Just a zip code. I mean, not on the, not... on the podcast. Yeah, it's just a zip code to the whole world. I'll just Google Las Vegas zip code. Hang on, hang on. I'm looking it up. I mean, it's a privacy thing. You understand that, right? I got one. Eighty nine one hundred one. <laughs> sure, that's it. I don't know if it's theirs, but it's uh, it is one. I'm looking to see if any of the TVs are in stock there. Oh, no. Because if so, they could go buy a big TV. 89101. Yeah, I think 89101 is probably like right in like downtown. Yeah, I just Googled Las Vegas zip code and it's the first one that came up. Looks like they're out of stock there too. But I found all kinds of stuff for sale at Walmart. Um, TVs, crazy low prices, the GoPro hero camera, um, for 30 bucks. I mean, it was not their high, they're not their high dollar one anyway, but you know, for 30 bucks, it's worth it. Um, And it's not, it's not like their current. No, it was like their, it was their, their entry level one that they had. It was only like 130 normally, but it still shoots HD and you know, for 30 bucks, it's worth it. Uh, but there's that. There's all kinds of, um, like here's a, a eight thousand BTU window unit for twenty two dollars. Um, a three hundred dollar vacuum for ninety at Target. So there's all kinds of stuff on these websites. Wow, maybe I should uh, check that out. Yeah, but knowing you. <clears throat> You're not okay. going to want to put forth the effort of going to a website and looking for a deal. Here's here's the thing. <laughs> no, this is not about the effort. This is about I don't want like somebody's sale or somebody's deal directing my world. Right. And I mean, when I when I'm in the market for something, then I, I want to seek it out. If it happens to be on sale, no problem. But I, I'm not like I, I don't want to be driven to purchase something because it's on sale. Something I may not have been looking for or wanted. You know, it's it's the same thing with people that like clip coupons. You know, 
they clip coupons and they get all these coupons and they and they have this big wallet with all the organized and little tabs and whatever and they got all these coupons in there and then they go to the store and then they buy all this stuff. Oh, look, Captain Crunch is two for one with this coupon or, you know, Lipton tea bags. I can buy three of them and, you know, whatever. And they go, oh, they buy all this stuff. And then they come home and they and they go, wow, look at all the money I saved. And I'm thinking, no, look at look at the money you spent. You know, I yeah. mean, do you even drink Lipton tea? <laughs> well, no, but it, but I got three for the price. Of, so what? What are you going to you to sell it on eBay now? I mean, how are you going to you know, how does that make a good deal for you? You're buying stuff you don't even want or use. I used to work with a guy whose wife was an extreme couponer mm. and uh, she still is. They just, he moved on. They don't work. <clears throat> they don't work with him anymore. Um, but she would do that kind of thing. She would just find stuff that basically she'd get for free and she would just go get it all like teeth whitening strips. She'd have like dozens and dozens of boxes of teeth whitening strips, not because she uses them, but because they were on sale. And then she would have cereal just, a dozen boxes of cereal, all the same kind, um, toothbrush or toothbrushes, toothpaste, deodorant, just unlimited amounts of that stuff, but not any kind of good stuff, just stuff she'd get for free. Um, I tried to do that for a while, but man, the couponing game is, uh, it's a lot of work. It's, it's w- intense. Oh yeah. my God. You, you have to get like all kinds of papers and you have to like plan out things and you do research online. I mean, it's a full-time job just to do that. So, I remember I subscribed to the uh, the local paper, the Sunday only, because that's where all the good coupons were. And as soon as I saved the amount of money it cost me to get the the thing for the year, I stopped. I mean, like literally the day I the day I hit the thirty two dollars or whatever it was, I was done for the newspaper subscription. Yeah, once yeah. I had that covered, I w- I quit. Yeah, it's it's not a place uh, for amateurs. I'm, nope. I'm sure that, you know, and then the people that, that do this intensely, they not only, you know, clip all the coupons, they also, I'm sure, are very specific about when they go to the store, like what day, what time, you know, what store, um, you know, to to further enhance their, like they know when things are stocked on the shelves or, you know, or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it gets very, very deep, very involved. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and to your point about the sales leading, you know, leading on, you don't want to be buying things because they're on sale. You want to buy them when you're looking for them. Um, now that I've found this Slick Deals and then another one called BrickSeek, I, I cannot stop checking these freaking websites. I've checked them like six times today. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna go buy anything. I just keep checking. I'm checking again right now, even though I checked you, at the beginning of the podcast. You che- so how, I don't even know how far we're into this podcast, but you've already checked twice. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We've been on, we've been on this for about an hour. Yep, forty forty six minutes or so. We've been recording. Um, yeah. I see 128 gigabyte flash drive for twenty bucks. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, do you need a flash drive? No, not that no. size. Mm-hmm. A 29-inch widescreen monitor, 200 bucks. I mean, it says it's a good deal. I don't know. It seems like a lot to me. 
I know you're in the market for a monitor. Ah, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> a 32 inch sharp 1080p TV, 150 bucks. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, but I don't need any of it. A 43 inch TV, 1080p, uh, with a Roku, 240 bucks. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. I, I see. I don't want to be looking at that stuff because it would start making me think that, you know, I needed it. Yeah, that's how I am at this moment right now. Yeah, see, I don't like being that way because then I start getting antsy, and it's like I don't. I don't need this. Right. I don't need it. And I, I want it. Then I feel like I'm missing out on something if I don't get it. Right. Like a JBL Clip Plus Bluetooth speaker, $13 at Walmart. Yeah, see, I'd start like justifying why I why I could use something like that. I already do that. I'm I'm, I'm it's if I had a little bit more money, I'd have so much crap. Mm. So much more crap than I've already got. So things worked out perfectly then. Yeah. Here's a 32-inch Samsung 1080p TV for 200 bucks. But when you buy it, you get a $100 Dell gift card. <laughs> so basically, it's $100 for the TV, and you get a free, you get a $100 gift card. From Dell. Yeah. I guess I could get another monitor. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's dangerous. It is. It's too damn dangerous. Yeah, some. I mean, some people, you know, ruin their lives just getting caught up in stuff like that. You know, people that are they're predisposed, like the, you you were talking about the 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 mad coupon lady. You know, I'm sure she can't help herself. Yeah, at this point, probably not. It doesn't matter that I already have fifty toothbrushes. These are free. Yeah. That's like a, there's one run here, Raspberry Pi for 32 bucks. The newest yeah. version. Um, See, I've, I've thought about, you know, Raspberry Pi. It's like, oh, wow, that's, they're so cheap. And, you know, you can get a little enclosure for it. And there's all these different things that you can do with it. And I try to think of what I would do if I had one, what would I use it for? But the reality of it is that I never got one. And, my life is not suffering because I never got one. Well, I don't even know what I would do with it. I thought of a couple of things. There are a couple of things I wanted to do at uh, at work, you know, transmitter sites and stuff to automate some things. Um, but, yeah, just, no, not going to do it. I mean, I know people get them and they put on um, XBMC, which is what you put on a hacked uh, Apple TV. But I've got an Apple TV. I could just hack it if I wanted to. I don't even use it. I don't even, I don't even turn it on, the Apple TV. Yeah, they use them for like Plex servers and uh, for like BitTorrent downloading um, movies and stuff, I yeah. guess. But there's a lot of things you can. I mean, you can. They've got Wi Fi, they've got Bluetooth, they've got uh, infrared, they've got, you know, anything you can do with a regular PC you can do with one of those things but I have a PC so why would I need that little thing 
Well, I was thinking about them because they're small and I can put them in a box and put them in, in locations um, where I couldn't put a regular PC. Like one of the things I wanted to do with it was use it as a, um, uh, a near field controller for some of the um, automatic fences, the motorized gates at some of these transmitter sites. Because, mm. um, you know, like there's a, there's a keypad that you can push to open the gate. Um, but sometimes you don't want to push the keypad or, you know, if I could get the thing on the internet, then I could control the gate from anywhere. Uh, cause I'll get calls sometimes from vendors or from the power company or from somebody else that's going to the site or they're at the site trying to get access. And right now the only thing I can do is give them a code over the phone. Mm. Once I once I give them a code, now that code is like wasted. It's their code now. Right. Or if I don't have any unused codes, then I have to give them somebody else's code or my code or and then I start losing control of being able to monitor who's going in and out of the site. Mm-hmm. But if I could just go on the internet and open the gate remotely, then I don't have to give them a code. Yeah. No, I guess that makes I, sense. Yeah. I could just open it for them. And, um, so I've thought about that. That was one of the raspberry Pi ideas that mm. I had. Um, but yeah, but you know, the, the truth is that sometimes, you know, you just don't need that stuff. You get caught up in a, you know, in the excitement of what if, and, uh, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to walk away from that. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when raspberry Pis first came out, somebody we used to work with was yeah. uh, loading them up with Nintendo and, uh, Sega and super Nintendo games. You know, there'd be like hundreds and hundreds of games and he probably ended up selling them on eBay, but they looked <laughs> cool at the time. Uh, and I thought about getting one and having them do that, but, I don't even play my Xbox. So what made me think I was going to play with a uh, old Nintendo games? Yeah, I don't know, but when I um uh, when I first got my Super Nintendo um I was working at um I was I was here in Orlando. I guess it was in the uh the late 80s whenever that Super Nintendo came out. Mhm. And I remember um I called in sick to work the next day. Because I just had to play Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. Well, I called out. I took a week of vacation, paid vacation, when SOCOM 3 came out <laughs> for the PlayStation I mean, it's 2. it's priorities, right? It's, yeah. It's what's important right now? I pretty much failed a college class because of SOCOM 2 because uh, I'd play it so much. You know, most kids fail because they're partying too hard or whatever. I failed because I'm playing PlayStation 2 too much um so i knew when socom 3 came out i just needed to take a week off of work and just get it out of my system you know right just, so right. that's pretty much what i did i played because there was like, no way that this this was going to go by <laughs> without you missing some work right or i would just like when i was when i failed because of college i would go to school 
I'd come home, I'd start playing the game, I'd eat dinner, play the game until, you know, three or four in the morning, go to sleep, wake up, go to school. And like, that was my routine. And, uh, it was a bad routine to get in cause I wasn't doing anything I was supposed to do outside of show up to class. Um, so I knew that I just needed to get it out of my system with SOCOM with no distractions with SOCOM three. So rather than call in sick or, or whatever, I just took a week off and I played like 18 hours a day at least. Wow. Mm-hmm. Was that, um, was that in the days <laughs> of, uh, like online playing where you could play, in groups with other people. It was the early days. <clears throat> the first game I ever played in multiplayer online was SOCOM two, which probably explains why I, uh, failed class because of it. Cause it was you get so really much fun. caught up. Yeah. You know, and each game took like each round took like 25, 30 minutes. And then, you know, you play four or five rounds and you realize it's been a couple hours and I don't know, <clears throat> but it was so much fun. I remember like the, day one of me playing it online i never played it single player again never once even when the power would even like when the internet would go out i would try and i'd make it about two minutes and be like ah this is boring and just turn it off so even in the early days of online gameplay um the technology was was good good enough that that you could do it without being frustrated or disappointed yeah, the PlayStation 2 had a separate network adapter that hooked up to the back of it, and it was hardwire Ethernet. So, um, you know, it was, it was cable internet back then. It wasn't as fast as it is now, but it need, the games weren't as intense either. So there would be some lagging, you know, if, if the leader of the room was on DSL or a slow connection, it would be some lagging, but there were so many people playing, it didn't matter. You just jump out of the room and get to a different one. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. That's pretty cool. I have never ever played uh, any video game like online um, multiplayer like that. It's a lot of fun. It's also very frustrating because people are some people are always going to cheat somehow. Other people are going to be way better than you, and the ones that talk the most shit are little kids, and uh, it's very frustrating. But it's so much fun at the same time. If you ever, I don't know if you if you're a gamer really, but if you ever play online, you'll. Uh, You'll never go back. Yeah, I mean, I like I like games. I don't know that I would consider myself a gamer, though. Because, um, I mean, I don't... There's really only certain games um, that I like playing, and most of them, um, you know, are just like single-player mm. games. I'm not a big social gamer. Mm-hmm. Like, even even when I play games on, uh, on my iPad, I never link those games to Facebook. No. They always, they always want you to do that. Yeah. You know, oh, you'll get something special, you know, th- a thousand gold coins if you link to Facebook. Yeah, that's okay. I'm going to play as a guest. Yeah. Be- because I don't really, I mean, it's nobody's business what games I'm playing or how well or terrible I'm doing at them. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like it, Facebook in general is an invasion of privacy that people willingly allow their privacy to be invaded by Facebook. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, and the thing too, like sometimes you can link to Facebook and you'll get something for it. So I'll do it occasionally. Um, or like if you have to, to enter a contest, you have to link it to Facebook or something. 
Um, so I will occasionally do that, but then as soon as I get what I was trying to get, I just go to my Facebook and I uh, remove approval of, of that yeah. app to have access to anything. <laughs> I've done that several times. Yeah. Random question. Okay. Does beer and milkshakes go together? Ooh, I'm going to just, without putting too much thought into that, say no. Damn just it. general, you know, off the top of my head, maybe there's some way, some chemical thing going on that I don't understand, but I'm just going to say if I had to answer that immediately, the answer is going to be no. No, I don't mean like at the same time, like, you know, mixing them in a blender and then... <laughs> No, but even like drinking one and then drinking the other, I, dairy products uh, aren't really that good with beer. It's a really different thing. Damn it! Because I want like both. I I wouldn't drink a beer and then drink a glass of milk. Dairy products and milk. Oh wait, that's the same. No, yeah, the same thing. <laughs> um. Hmm. So why do you ask? Because I want both tonight. I wanted some beer yesterday, but I didn't yeah. get any because I, I overate uh, ice cream cake, and I felt sick from that. Um, so I wanted to... Uh... Well, let's, let me put it this way. So let's say you had a beer, mm -hmm. and then you wanted to go out and get some dinner. Right. And with that dinner, you wanted to have a milkshake. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I think that'd be fine. Yeah. I'm just saying I wouldn't like I wouldn't have in in a single meal I wouldn't say yeah bring me uh bring me a steak and a beer and then a milkshake on the side <laughs> because yeah those I don't know man the milkshake does not belong in that picture yeah problem well crap you just have to separate it somehow separate it with a meal or separate it with some time maybe if I go get a milkshake and then wait 30 minutes at least and eat something in the middle. Oh, well, if you, if you go, let's say you want to do the milkshake first. So you have a milkshake, then you want to have dinner and you want to have a beer with your dinner. No problem there. Mm -hmm. Cause the, the food is going to, you know, make the beer relevant again. Hmm. I just feel like I have to have a milkshake cause it's been so long. <laughs> And you got those straws. I know. That you got to use. My two-year-old's used one before me, and he didn't even know he was going to get one. And I, I'm the one that wants them for the milkshakes. Did he Did he appreciate the enormity of the straw? Did he look at it and go, ooh. Well, he right. used it for, for this thing called, like, gogurt or yogurt. Go I don't know. It's I'm like, familiar with that. Yeah. And uh, you can use a regular straw, which he does. Um, and it, it's acceptable. But on this one, the big straw... After like three gulps, half the thing was gone. Yeah. Because, you know, the straws are so massive. Right. But he used one, and I haven't even used one. Mm. Yeah, that's a problem. So I understand now the pressure that you're feeling. I know. To go out there and, and you know, hey, you know, you could you could have a milkshake, and then when you when your beer time comes around, use that straw again. Oh, God. Can you imagine? I think the I think a whole beer would fit in the straw. Yeah, right. That is a survival right. kit. As the first drops were entering your mouth, the last drops from the glass would be going up into the bottom of the straw. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, I think. Wow.
Imagine that. Yeah. Well, you could you could suck a whole beer up into that straw and then like hold your thumb over it and then take it over to another glass and then dispense, lift up your thumb and dispense <laughs> a whole beer. Uh, it'd be pretty funny and gross, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I think I have to go get a milkshake then. All right. I'll then. have to do the beer another day. All right. <laughs> So are we uh, we going to wrap this thing up? How, I think we should. How are we doing on time? It's a uh, bit about an hour. That sounds about right. An hour and uh, an hour and four minutes at this point. Oh, we're running late. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Got to go. Bye. Keep it real, everyone. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>